Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing a lot better now that we've heard that DeMar Hamlin's doing a lot better. Um, I believe you said he was released from hospital. Um, yes, as of today, he's now resuming his treatment at home. Okay, and we're recording this as of Wednesday, so so you know, hopefully, nothing too much has changed. But the reason, like one of the reasons why, is because I mean that was obviously something that we've never really seen before, um, and it was so like beyond words. Like all you could do is watch, and everyone felt helpless, and you're just seeing people like honestly, like feel so bad and upset and not know what's going on and be so confused that it's kind of a weight to have that lifted off of like everyone's shoulders. I know it's about him and his health and his family, but I feel good. Like I feel happy for the players and I feel happy for him and I feel happy for everyone to be like, you know what? We can go into this podcast, actually record this week and have some fun as opposed to where things could have been. So I'm just feeling really glad that we're able to do that. So I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, you could even just see it uh, speaking about the players on the Bills this weekend. Now, I'm a Patriots fan, so obviously I had been hoping that the Patriots would win. But just the reaction on their faces when they uh, ran that opening kickoff back for a touchdown. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that is like one of those magical moments that you can only really get in sports. And then they did it again. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I was yelling at my TV about that one. Uh, but that's just one of those things, you know, like where the humanity of sports and, you know, that that brotherhood and camaraderie that uh, professional sports players have just really comes to life. And you can just you can literally see it, even if you never played a down of football in your life, you can see how much that meant to them. Like, look at Josh Allen on the sideline, like holding his head like he can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a great, it's great moment. It's great because a lot of reasons, like everything's, everyone's moving forward in a positive direction. And for you and I, who are, you know, obviously so unimportant in this situation, we even get to now have a lot of fun this week and get back to talking about football and talk about, you know, our, our fantasy football finale. And we get to go back to what we love about this game. And I think that that's, you can't help but feel good when when you hear that he's doing so well and that things are going so well. It's kind of like, okay, great. Like, this is excellent. He's doing well. We can all feel good again. It's great feelings all around. We're ready for playoff football. It honestly, like, wipes away me losing the Fantasy Super Bowl to you twice in a row. It makes it a lot more palatable. Yep. And, uh, well, this is the second time in a row that something completely out of your control has... Yeah, I want to talk about that, actually, because that's the thing. This year, not funny. What happened to DeMar Hamlin is not funny. It was never funny. And only can we talk about it now in a positive way because it's in such a positive situation. So let's just like 100% agree there. What happened with Antonio Brown was, looking back, is hilarious. (laughs) But now we're looking at this being like, okay, two years in a row, Mike makes it to to the fantasy football Super Bowl. So we've been running this league for a while. And Josh, even before you were here, like this league 
was had some sort of iteration of fantasy football and then it stopped for a bit and came back. So I've won it before, like in high school and coming out of high school when we used to do this. But this, <laughs> this past couple of years, I haven't made it the fantasy football, like Super Bowl. I made it last year. I made it this year. And two years in a row, something that has never happened before in the history of the NFL happened during during the fantasy football Super Bowl where you have players at me, I have players involved in that game that could have been difference makers. So that's twice in a row that I've now lost because of something ridiculous. And do you remember, Josh, we were joking, but you and I said going into, going into that week on air, on this podcast, we said, what's going to happen this weekend because of Antonio Brown? We said that. Yeah. Now, obviously, we definitely could not have predicted the just absolutely terrible situation with Demar oh, Hamlin. No. Nor did but, he, Nor did I think no. he wanted that. Like you, as my opponent, you didn't want that. Uh, what you no. wanted was for Stefan Diggs because he's been having such a hard time to take his shirt off and dance off the field. Uh, well, absolutely, or like throw and then a punch, you would have been ejected you would have been, from the game. Exactly, you would have been yeah. so happy. Exactly. Like uh, obviously, it goes without saying. I wanted to beat you. I wanted to crush you. Um, but it it like it's not even something I can really. Like that, I even feel good about celebrating just because of how it came about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like, so for those of you who are listening, we just ran with uh, the points as they were. And that put me ahead by a pretty comfortable margin because Mike had two wide receivers who didn't play, uh, Stefan Diggs and T. Higgins, because they were both involved in that game. Uh, so that, that gave me the victory. But, you know, it's it's not a victory that I'm really celebrating like yes i'm glad i won but obviously i wish it had been under drastically different circumstances but. yeah and i and i think again to to try to to try to come up with with the good out of the bad he's doing better we hope that this means he's back to recovery and you know what we get to come back to fantasy football again next year right like we we do we're privileged in that way as fans that we get to come back to this and yep, absolutely looks like DeMar Hamlin's going to be on the road recovery. We might see him play again. And that's, you know, and that's obviously yeah, I, uh, what he wants. I hope we do. I, I know um, Chris Pronger, the NHL player, he had a similar uh, incident on ice and yeah. he ended up returning and playing, I think, for another 12 years afterwards. So maybe we'll see something with DeMar Hamlin where he returns. Uh, be great. I absolutely can't fault him if, you know, he says that's it. I, I don't think I want to play professional football anymore. 100% would understand that too. Uh, yeah, I think um, I'd be, I would do that. Yeah, like, that's like, fair. Like, on, like, I'm just being honest. Like, I'm not strong enough uh, mentally to, to, to go through that again. He, he probably is. Like, af- athletes are not just physically fit. Like, they can, they can handle a lot, and they have to handle a lot mentally. Like, you have to handle a lot as an athlete. And I feel like if he comes back, that's, that's a big strength of character that I I don't have. Like when if this happened to me and I recovered, I would have been like, great, I'm never doing this again. Like oh, never. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Fully understandable. Um but we'll move on to uh some news and some notes from this week. But before we do, Mike, I just want to let you know I have a surprise coming. Uh and a very, very small celebration of my championship that I'll reveal to you uh hopefully in next episode. Hopefully it'll have arrived by then. Okay. So just wait for that. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I bet you are. 
Um, so I guess this kind of segues into the Demar Hamlin stuff. Did, did you see the Green Bay linebacker player, uh, the Green Bay player who got ejected from the game for shoving the athletic trainer? I did. In the same week that this happened to Demar Hamlin. Yeah. Like where where is your head at? And that's the second wow. time he's been ejected for the same thing this year. It's it's un, it's inexcusable. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's no there's no excuse for it. Like whatever you can say about heat of the moment and this like there's no excuse for, for yeah, that. Heat heat of the moment I think might cover you shoving another player, sure. maybe somebody who you were just involved in a play with, and you know he got under your skin, so you shove him. Fine, but this is. And A, an athletic trainer who is on his way to help an injured player. DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift was on the ground injured. He's just trying to go out there, do his job, and help this person who is in pain. And you're shoving him. And B, he's not involved in the game at all. He is not in the same physical stature, like size, shape as you. You are a giant compared to him with all the gear on and everything. And you're just taking your day out on this poor guy who's trying to do his job. It's... It's absolutely shameful, and especially when it's the second time around, and it's the, his first year in the season, or his first season in the NFL. Like, not a great way to start. And I don't know what the Green Bay is going to do with him over the offseason if they're going to keep him. What the the plan is, but just absolutely terrible to see. Um, yeah, absolutely inexcusable. Agreed. And also the Pittsburgh Steelers sack celebration where they're doing CPR. Same week as well. Yeah. And and like, just so ridiculous. Yeah. Like Um, I get it. You're, you're, you're pumped up. You just got a sack. That's a big deal. Especially when you're literally fighting for your playoff lives, but just a bit of context, you know, like do a different celebration. Do literally any other celebration. Literally any other, like literally any other. Um, Uh, Yeah. We're like, honestly, we see too much of that. Um, There was even before, for the Demar Hamlin incident, there was um, there was a I can't, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there was the Giants player oh, doing yeah. Snow Angels. Yes, to, that yeah. was just brutal to watch. Yeah, I'm I'm amazed that a lineman did not just suplex him when he tried to stand up. Oh yeah, like and and I think the excuse there was like, well, he didn't like he didn't see. What was going on? But it's like, come on! Like you're, you're literally you're, touching him. Your your yeah. hands are hitting the sky like, as like he's longer than five seconds. Like it was it was a long too long. <laughs> yeah, time, like you know I mean? if he did a quick one snow angel, maybe even two, and then he got up and he's like, oh no, like buddy's hurt. But Nick Foles is just laying on the ground, writhing in pain, and you're just doing snow angels for thirty seconds. Just oh yeah, so ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, Madden is a. Uh, Madden announced they're removing the CPR celebration from their game now, actually, too. Oh, uh, was that it? Was that one of the celebrations in the game? I didn't know that that was. I, I didn't know either. Uh, but yeah, I guess it is one of the defensive celebrations. And so I don't know if it's spurred by what happened to DeMar Hamlin or because of what we saw with the Pittsburgh Steelers celebration. But mm-hmm. either way, as a result of this past week, they're removing it from the game, which I think is yeah. probably a, a good move. I think so, too. I, I think that that's probably for the best. Um, but in more positive news, um, did you see that old, uh, old Nipples wouldn't give away his jersey at the end of the, the Packers-Lions game? He said he needed to hang on to it. Mm. Do you think he's uh, planning on stepping away? And I think that he's the type of person that will want to play again. 
Um, and just like Brady, if he wants to play again, there's going to be somewhere for him to play. But he is the type of person who makes a lot of noise. He talks a lot. He says a lot of things. I think he'll probably just end up back in Green Bay if he's playing again. Oh, yeah. Cause, well, he's still under contract. Is he not? Yeah. Yes, but they could trade him. A team would trade for him. Like one of the teams that had high hopes in the playoffs right now is going to lose and lose big time. And they're going to go, okay, we need to do something big. Like it happens every year where someone yeah. goes out and offers it. Now, usually they're free agents, like, you know, Kirk Cousins getting signed and things like that from like a few years ago. But the trade, we've seen big trades like this happen. It could happen. I just oh, think yeah. that he's a big talker and he'll end up back in Green Bay if he's playing. Yeah, fair enough. Which he shouldn't. I think for his legacy, he should stop. He should stop playing. But. Yeah, this year was a pretty, pretty bad one for him. But old nipples is going to do what old nipples does. <laughs> I guess so. Um, the Texans lost to the number one overall pick, and shortly afterwards, their head coach was fired <laughs> in Lovey Smith. <laughs> what? Like, he knew what he was doing. I'm sure he probably knew one way or the other he was getting fired after that game. So he just said, "Screw you guys." I'm going for two points to win this game and we're losing the number one pick. Yeah. I, think I hope, I hope that was his thought process. Cause good, good for you. I think it's but, hard to, um, I think it's hard to take out of someone's mindset, like competitiveness in the middle of a game. I think it's really hard to be like, you got to lose this game. So we get the number one pick. Like I, I really, well, yeah, you, you're not allowed to do that anyways. Like that goes against the sportsmanship of, of the, the league. I mean, you can um, do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I mean, you, you we, know, we just finished. <laughs> we just finished, though, the offseason investigation into the Dolphins for doing the same thing. 100%. 100%. So, yeah, like, you know, like, good on you, Lovey, for for winning the game. And uh, I mean, you ended up getting fired, but odds are that was probably coming down the pipe one way or the other because you were in actually, a pretty bad situation. Yeah, like I actually personally think, at least in terms of their franchise, that the team that is picking first overall, the Bears, is a little ahead of of where the Texans are. So the Bears, I think, have a bit of a better base and they're going to add a f- number one overall pick. Like I think the Bears have a good chance of like picking first overall here and then maybe not making the playoffs next year, but at least being more of a competitive team. Like they could, they could pick up you know, three to four wins next year um, and be kind of at least in the conversation. See, I think they're going to trade that pick away. Really? You think so? Yeah, Just be- like because absolutely. Because they've, they've got the quarterback here. Like they've yep. got a quarterback they can work with. Um, I don't think yeah, the defense the, is awful. The, um, the probably first three picks are all going to be quarterbacks, I think, in this draft class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they can get a King's Ransom from one of these yeah. teams like the Colts. Sure. Maybe the, even the Texans, wh- whatever. Like, there's a lot well, of teams who need, need quarterbacks. The Colts need a quarterback. Um, I think Detroit could use <laughs> a quarterback, but yeah, I don't know what's going on with with Goff there. Um, and well, then, hey, he I mean, uh, he's been playing pretty well over the past well, few weeks. He, he, he might have done enough to assuage their fears, I guess. Yeah, um, if you can but, put enough pieces around him. Then yeah, but there's enough teams out there who desperately need a quarterback yeah. and would probably give away a handful of picks, including their other first round pick for that pick. So I think they're going to do that and then use that to build everything up around Justin Fields. Cause they don't have an elite wide receiver. Their offensive line needs some work and their defense isn't terrible, but it's not great either. Montgomery and Herbert are both 
good enough running backs. Like they can establish a run game through either of them or both of them as they have. Uh, just fields now that they're actually playing to his strengths, huge difference in terms of that offense. So I don't, I would be amazed if they drafted a quarterback because I think that would just be a waste of a pick. So I think that they're going to trade it away and use a handful of first, second, third, somewhere in that ballpark picks to uh, to shore up the rest of their team and then try to make a run for it. This is the part of the offseason I can't wait to get to because I love yep. talking draft and trade talk. Like I can't wait to kind of break all that down. This is going to be cool. Absolutely. Uh, and another coach that's fired, uh, Cliff Kingsbury from Arizona, and their GM stepped down as well. So they are just that's no surprise. Captainless at this point, <laughs> heading they, into next that, year. That, that franchise is an utter disaster. <laughs> oh, they've imploded this year, and they're looking to deal away DeAndre Hopkins. It's they're looking I mean, to just burn it to the ground and start. Honestly, fresh. that's what they should do. Like they, they, I think, and I think there will be. There will be markets for some of their key players. They got to trade them, get some picks, start fresh, build from the ground up. That's what they have to do. Absolutely. Well, for those of you who had uh, championships in week 18, I hope this taught you why you shouldn't, because it's just an absolute gong show for trying to predict who's going to do well. Uh, we'll go over the conquerors and busts very quickly, and uh, then we'll get on into the playoff matchups ahead of us. So at quarterback, we had Russell Wilson, Davis Mills, Josh Allen, Brock Purdy. So a couple of guys that you probably have been starting pretty regularly. And then Davis Mills, who is the QB2 on the week. Russell Wilson, quarterback one on the week. That should tell you exactly everything you need to know about playing a fantasy championship in week 18. If you had he Russell is the, Wilson, there you go. He, is the, <laughs> he was the best quarterback for fantasy this week. That yeah. should tell you everything you need to know about why you should not be doing it. Because mm -hmm. the... In the bus categories, we had Sam Darnold, Mayfield, Flacco, Skylar Thompson, Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Jared Goff. It's it's just not good because when you can't count on Jalen Hurts, who has been a top three quarterback throughout the entire season, and he played the entirety of this game, and even then he still was a bust for fantasy, that's when you know you should not be playing a championship in that week. Yeah, I think you got to play it in week 17 because you just Absolutely. Can't. You just can't do it in week 18. Absolutely. Because then at least teams are still playing for seeding. They're playing for their playoff lives. Everything is still on the line for week 17. In week 18, you get maybe one or two games where, you know, the teams have to go all out, you know, like a Lions Packers game. Yeah. But other than that, like you look like the Giants, they were sat most of their starters. It's it's just bad timing. Yeah, uh, definitely. Running backs, we had Nick Chubb, Zach Moss, Jamal Williams, Alexander Madison, Latavius Murray. We're all conquerors uh, at busts. A much longer list. Both of the Cowboys running backs, both of the Buccaneers running backs, Gus Edwards, both of the Bears running backs, Devin Singletary, all three of the Jets running backs, Dalvin Cook, A.J. Dillon, Miles Sanders, and Travis Etienne. There's a lot of big names on there. Do not play your championships in Week 18, guys. No, no. I'm shocked that people still do. I don't understand it. It's just, you're asking to just get hurt. Just hurt badly. Uh, wide receiver conquerors, Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, Jerry Judy, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase. Busts, again, much bigger list. Curtis Samuel, Michael Gallup, DJ Moore, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Traylon Burks, DK Metcalf, D 
Gabe Davis, Amari Cooper, Mike Williams, Justin Jefferson, Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins. All guys who probably got you to the playoffs and did nothing for you if your championship was this week. Yeah. Tight end conquerors. We had Jordan Akins, who was the hero of that week 18 game for the Texans, but is probably the villain of the franchise now because he lost them their first overall pick. Uh, George Kittle, Isaiah Likely, and Cole Komet. And Buss, Evan Ingram, Noah Fant, Robert Tunyon, Darren Waller, Taysom Hill, Tyler Conklin, Jawan Johnson, and TJ Hawkinson. Just just don't do it, guys. Save yourself the pain. Just don't do it. <laughs> just yeah, just don't, don't do it. If there's, if there's anything that you take away from this episode is have your championships in Week 17. Yeah, agreed. All right, Mike. Should we start with some playoffs? Let's get into the playoffs. Um, now, where do you want to start here? Because we've talked about a couple different things. Like, I think we kind of know a direction we want to go in here. But uh, do you want to break it down? I was kind of thinking we could break down game by game. We've got some X factors and conquerors that you want to talk about, potential conquerors that you want to talk about. But uh, we could go game by game, talk about each of the players, and then give our picks as who we think is going to win. Sure. Sure. And, you know, I think... I think I like the X factor more than saying that they're going to be a conqueror because some of these guys, they are going to be the X factor because if they play or they don't play or mm-hmm. how, like, you know, how their role is will dictate, I think, whether they win or lose. And I, I'll c- yeah. explain that more, I guess, when we get to them. Yeah. And that um, was kind of the idea of it. Like the idea of, of doing this when we talked about it before recording was, who could be difference makers? Like who could really make a difference in this game either way? So we're giving one per team saying like, like if this person does this, they could have, you know, they could make a big difference. So I think that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, why don't we start with the Seahawks and 49ers game? Okay, let's do it. Uh, so for the Seahawks X factor player that I've picked is DK Metcalf. So he's the best passing option that Geno Smith has to throw the ball to. And the 49ers secondary has shown some cracks in it as of late. Um, They're still an elite uh, defense, but opposing offenses have been able to throw the ball on them a bit more. So I think that I think that the 49ers are going to be playing with the lead in this one. And uh, Seattle's going to end up having to throw the ball a lot. And I think if Metcalf can can show that elite skill that he has had, throughout the rest of his NFL career, then he could be a difference maker for a potential upset over the 49ers. Yeah. Like they're, they, their offense can score. Like that's the thing. Like this game can get, can get to a high scoring place. Like, as you said, 49ers, great defense, but you know, Geno Smith has played well this season. DK Metcalf could make a big difference. He catches a couple touchdowns. Suddenly it's a game. Absolutely. Um, and for the 49ers, I have George Kittle because ever since Brock Purdy became the quarterback for the 49ers, George Kittle has exploded. So hopefully you were patient enough throughout the fantasy season to stick with him because he potentially won you your championship. Um, this is one of the leagues or actually I believe the four, the Seahawks are the league's worst defense against tight ends. Mm-hmm. So pair that with the huge explosion George Kittle has been going through recently with Brock Purdy at the helm. And if they can even just manage to do what they've been doing for the past three weeks, I don't think the Seahawks have a chance because George Kittle will bury them. Would your opinion on that change 
if Garoppolo was at quarterback? Like if he just came back out of nowhere and they put yeah, him like in. let's suddenly yeah, out of yeah. nowhere Garoppolo's in there. Like, does your opinion change on that, or do you still think Kittle's would still be an X factor? I think, you know, I I don't know. I would have to see because they have such a connection with Brock Purdy, and he has yeah. become their go-to guy. But that wasn't the case when Garoppolo was no. Uh, so it's it would still be a great matchup for George Kittle, but ultimately it would all depend on if. Garoppolo would throw him the ball or not because we yeah. saw a lot more of a Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and we never saw Garoppolo, I think, with Christian McCaffrey or very briefly. Very briefly. Very briefly, yeah. So I don't I don't think that he would. I think it would end up being somebody else. And yeah. No, and what, what we saw with the 49ers earlier in the season was it was very hard to tell which like from game to game who that was gonna be. Yeah. Totally. Um, so that's it for X factors for the Seahawks 49ers game. We'll go to Chargers Jaguars next. Sure. So for the Jaguars, I had Travis Etienne because the Chargers have a very bad run defense mm. and the Jaguars have not been using Etienne very effectively lately. No, they, they haven't. They've, they've just been, I mean, they've they, won a pass like that. Yeah, they've game switched game. to a very pass heavy offense and especially through the tight end Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. But that's actually the one area of the Chargers defense where, you know, they're actually pretty good is in their secondary. So this could be a great time for ETN to shine and remind his team of exactly why they got rid of James Robinson and why they were using him earlier in the season. You know what I mean? Uh, so if he can if he can hit the ground running, then. I think he can potentially put the Jaguars ahead of the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I I do like the the Jags defense and, and the way they've been playing, but if you get into a, a <laughs> throwing match, <laughs> for want of a better word, versus Herbert, I just don't know if the Jags have quite the talent that the Chargers does does on offense so if you're just like trying to outscore each other it's gonna to be tough like i agree i think if for them to win this game they got to run effectively um they just haven't been playing like it they haven't been doing that they've wanted to throw the ball so yeah they have been knows, extremely pass heavy lately i mean it's been yeah. working for them so we'll see but i think i think that if they can unlock the ground game with etn especially in this type of a matchup that could completely change their uh playoff oh, uh, I don't want to say hopes because they're already there. I guess uh, trajectory. Dreams. <laughs> Their dreams are sure. continuing yeah. forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the Chargers, I've got Justin Herbert as the X factor because Absolutely. he's not been consistent this season. No. But every now and then we've seen what we saw last year. So if he can ball out like we have seen occasionally this season, may- take advantage of Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and Mike Williams. Should he play, he is dealing with a back injury, so he might be without Mike Williams. Um, then I, I think easily Herbert and the Chargers can outshoot the Jaguars, but it all depends on which Herbert we see come out on the field. Yeah. So if we get the guy who's just been kind of dinking and dunking his way down the field, I don't think the Chargers are going to have a very good time. But if we've got the guy who we saw all last year who just absolutely annihilated people through the passing game, then the Chargers should be able to just steamroll the Jaguars, I think. Yeah, and I think 
I think that as a young quarterback for Justin Herbert and maybe for Trevor Lawrence as well, like they're maybe you give them another year or two before you say the statement, but there comes a time where you have to kind of make, you got to show what you are. Are you like, are you in the same camp or in the same area of like Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and like taking over a game and like just like willing your team to the next round? Or are you Kirk Cousins? And I think like we have to figure that, like you have to figure that out. So to me, Herbert is the perfect pick. He's got to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. This would be, this would be his year to basically show like, Hey, I can lead us to the playoffs. And once we're there, I can do my job. I can get us Definitely. to the conference championship, whatever. Definitely. Um, we'll move on to the dolphins and bills. So we got word today that Tua is not expected to be playing. He's still not been cleared <sighs> to practice. So, yep. And as far as I'm aware, as of time of recording, they're not expecting Teddy Bridgewater to play either because of uh, he's still not able to grip a football properly. So that leaves us with Skylar Thompson. So my X Factor, yeah, (laughs) my uh, X Factor pick is going to be Tyreek Hill for the Dolphins because I quite frankly, I think he's the only chance they have of pulling off this upset. Um, he has not done well with Skylar Thompson. Uh, no one on the offense has, so they're already pr- behind the eight ball before this before kickoff even happens. Uh, I think that if they have any chance at all, they need to get Tyreek Hill involved deep down the field. You got to take those shots and hit him 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. And quite honestly, I don't know if Skylar Thompson has the ability to do it. I don't. I genuinely don't think he does. But they're going to be playing from behind in this matchup and he is going to be the only thing I think that could be a game changer for them. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And for the bills easily going to be Josh Allen as the X factor. Without a doubt. He's got to do it. Yep. Cause he, he looked back to his normal self last week against the Patriots. Uh, prior to that, you know, we'd seen some, I guess lingering concerns about his arm and, you know, is he still dealing with that injury? Um, the, some of the throws that he was making against the Patriots, like flat footed, leaning backwards and still throwing it 55, 60 yards down the field. Amazing. Uh, you, you can't stop that. So as long as he plays even at the same level as last week, he, he will steamroll the dolphins. It won't be a close game. It'll be a pretty boring game to watch probably. Yeah. Um, but if he starts to struggle, then there's a very good chance that we could see a repeat of week three when the Dolphins upset the Bills. Granted, that was with Tua. That was with Tua, yeah. So even then, he might still play terribly and the defense just annihilates the Dolphins. But their offense runs through Josh Allen. They don't have they don't have an elite running back that they can rely on if Josh Allen is kind of doing poorly we saw Stefan Diggs voicing some frustrations because he wasn't getting targeted you know it it all it all funnels back to Josh Allen and if he can play at the usual level like Jalen Hurts uh Patrick Mahomes level they're gonna be fine if he stumbles for whatever reason it could be a very different game that their defense might need to win for them definitely uh, Giants versus Vikings. So for the Giants, I went with Richie James. So with all the injuries that the Giants have had over the season at the wide receiver position, James and Isaiah Hodgins have become 
the basically the last men standing and have been regular targets for Daniel Jones. So they're not going to be able to lean on Saquon Barkley alone in this game. Every, everyone knows that he is their best offensive player. So they need somebody else to step up and be that difference maker. And I think that I think both James and Isaiah Hodgins will have to be involved heavily, but I think that I'm leaning towards Richie James, I guess, to be the the one who really makes a difference. Maybe catches that deep pass, gets the momentum going, uh, keeps the game close. You know, they they lost by a field goal the last time these two teams played uh, a few weeks ago. I could see a repeat of that this week. Yeah, I think that, like, at the end of the day, you kind of just put, like, with all the injuries, you kind of just have to, like, (laughs) you got to step up. Like someone's got to yeah, do it, and if you absolutely. can, like if the Giants can get a, a passing game going, they have a good chance of winning the game. Absolutely, because like Dalvin Cook has been dealing with some injuries for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, you literally never know what you're going to get. Um, we've seen Justin Jefferson back to elite form, and we've seen Justin Jefferson making one catch. You know they're all over the place. Yeah. So if if the Giants can establish a passing game to count to kind of offset. Saquon Barkley's running abilities, they could easily make this a very, very competitive game. Yeah. Uh, for the Vikings, I have picked Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson. That's a good pick, yeah. Uh, because the Giants are, they're not a terrible defense against opposing tight ends. They're, they are in the bottom half, but they're not terrible by any means. But the Vikings need Hawkinson to be involved at the end of the day. He opens up so much more for their offense. He lets the passing game as a whole move better. He lets Justin Jefferson get a lot more targets, a lot more separation, because teams have to start respecting him on the opposite side of the field. Uh, It opens up a lot more running lanes for Dalvin Cook because they're having to worry about two very strong pass options, as well as Adam Thielen, who's still lingering around out there. Uh, He has not been an elite option by any means this season. But he is still a very talented player, so you can't leave him alone either. So when when Hawkinson is targeted heavily and is able to capitalize on that, their offense just takes a giant step forward. And I think that they're going to need that against a very high emotional Giants team. First time they've been in the playoffs, I think, since 2016. So there's a lot of momentum on the Giants side of the field, and they're going to need to have all of their players especially Hawkinson performing at their best. I mean, it's what they brought him in for. Like this is, this is what you made the trade for. To Absolutely. Kind of make, you need that X factor to come in, be a big part of the offense. So yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, for the Ravens and Bengals. So I think the most, the biggest difference maker for the Ravens this week is a player who might not even step foot on the field. And that is Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Because whether or not Jackson plays this week is going to be a difference maker. Without a doubt. I mean, if, like that, it, it could be, the, it's the difference between winning and losing. <laughs> absolutely. 100%. If he steps on the field and plays this game, their entire offense gets a major boost. Mark Andrews gets a boost, who, if you've had him in fantasy like I did, you watched his production tank over the second half of the season with Lamar Jackson out. You've got a quarterback who's a dual threat through the air and on the ground, and that'll help open up uh, run pass options with J.K. Dobbins. It's going to let them spread the field. 
they can do so much more with Lamar Jackson at the helm. We just saw these two teams play uh, last week. It didn't go very well for the Ravens. It's They're just kicking field goals 85, 90% of the time that they get into the red zone. You know, they don't have someone who can finish their drives for them for whatever reason. So I think that the biggest difference maker for the Ravens this week will be whether or not Lamar Jackson is healthy enough to play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the Bengals, Jamar Chase. So, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Chase and Burrow have an elite connection, and they're playing in the playoffs. They lost in the Super Bowl last year. They want to get back there and show everyone that they have the ability to win it. I think Burrow is going to lean on Chase. And, I mean, last week, or sorry, when uh, the Ravens and Bengals played last, they uh, they leaned on Chase heavily in that game. You know, he had their one receiving touchdown. He had by far the most targets. I think there's no reason to expect any different. The Ravens showed they're not going to be able to stop him. So why not go back to him? As long as he yeah. can repeat his performance, I don't think the Bengals have anything to worry about. Yeah, definitely. In the final matchup for this uh, wild card weekend, we've got the Cowboys and Buccaneers. So for the Cowboys, C.D. Lamb. He 100% has become the focal point of the Cowboys offense. If he has a poor game, the Cowboys have a poor game. Um, if they if he can get his connection back with Dak Prescott, they'll get on a roll. They'll be able to uh, they'll be able to tire out a Buccaneers defense who have not been getting a lot of help from their offense. And uh, if if that doesn't happen, I think this could be a pretty low scoring game because both teams do have you know fairly strong defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially especially the Cowboys. So this could be a very low-scoring game. Um, so all you really need is C.D. Lamb working his magic in the red zone, and that can be the difference between getting eliminated in the first round and moving on for the Cowboys. Yeah, this is definitely the one that I could see easily being a low-scoring game, just because of those defenses and how the offenses have been pretty inconsistent for both teams, even though like you would think the Cowboys need to be better. But at the end of the day, that's why I still don't think Dak Prescott's an elite quarterback, but... Fair enough. Um, for the Buccaneers, I've got Mike Evans. So he See, has been. This surprises a... me. <laughs> yeah. I would, I, like, there's a, well, there's a more obvious choice. Well, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, but, but Tom Brady, he's the goat. Tom Brady in the playoffs is a whole other animal. I, uh, I just figured that was just too obvious of one. You know, right. I, I fully expect him to be on his, like at his best performance, but he needs the guys he's throwing the ball to to be on there too. So. Mike Evans has been boom or bust throughout the entire season. And uh, we've, we've literally seen Tom Brady throw it to him down the field and he's let the ball just literally fall between his fingers. But we've also seen him uh, bring in three touchdowns that were all deep throws. So if they can be on the same page, the Cowboys are going to be in trouble. Um, Their defensive back digs. He likes to try to jump routes. You know, Tom Brady knows that. And he is going to be, Throwing it down, throwing it down, throwing it down. And then the second that he sees Diggs is trying to cheat, he's going to throw it over his head, probably to Mike Evans down the field and burn the Cowboys for a touchdown. Uh, So I think that as long as Mike Evans can stay on the same page and play at that elite level that we've seen very sparingly, unfortunately, this season, for those of you who had him on your fantasy rosters, uh, he could be the, the game changer for the Buccaneers because... Tom Brady will try to do whatever he can to get it done, but against this defense, you know, dumping it off to Leonard Fournette isn't going to win them the game. Yeah. 
No, it won't. So that is it for X factors for this wild card weekend. Should be um, should be exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of hearing next what your thoughts are on on kind of the outcomes of the games, which we're going to get to. But uh, I think I think all those players definitely could be could be major X factors. And again, aside from one game, like I think we're in for some some touchdowns here. Like I think we're going to see some some pretty good scoring games uh, with maybe one being a bit lower. But it's it's going to be an exciting wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. Well, the shenanigans begin. <laughs> the shenanigans begin. Yeah, it's the shenanigans. You know, it's the end of season shenanigans. That's what that's what you call it. Yeah, absolutely. So. We have two choices here, Josh, as to where to go to next. Because we do have some fan questions, which is great. We love getting fan questions. We also should talk about our our picks for who we think is going to win each game. Where do you want to begin? You know what? Let's go into the fan questions first. That way we can make sure that we get them all answered because we do have a few. Um, And worst case scenario, we'll just fire through who we think is going to win. Yeah, and and I wasn't going to. Uh, I was only going to do that anyway, no matter what your answer was. So let's go into it. <laughs> uh, let's go into some fan questions. First one comes from Arnold, and Arnold wants to know who do you think was the biggest bus bust of the season for fantasy football? Someone that you felt should have done a lot better, but he just didn't meet your expectations. You biggest know. Bust. I, th- I think I've just got to go with Jonathan Taylor just because of the mm, draft capital. He was, if not the first pick, he was a top three pick in every single league. And now in, in typical leagues where you do a snake draft, um, that's a lot of picks in between picking him and then your, your first pick in the second round. Um, and you got... I think maybe two weeks out of Jonathan Taylor on the season where, you know, he, he lived up to that draft capital. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, he hurt you. Like either you weren't playing him and you were trying to pick up somebody and you're holding him on your, uh, on your roster or you were, uh, you were keeping him in your IR spot, clinging to the hope, you know, he's coming back and you were finding that, that streamer every week but i mean he only he only broke 20 points in uh, ppr scoring twice on the season that oh, is that's rough that is a probably the number one overall pick in your league like you're expecting over 20 points weekly you know he had one two three four four point uh four games under 10 points where he played Ridiculous. yeah well, like that's that's really the perfect pick for this for this question because he, like, you're right. He probably would have been drafted like top three, top five in every single draft. I don't, I don't think I saw a ranking for him below the third overall pick. Right. Yeah. And even that, like, in the majority of leagues, I think he, it was either him or Christian McCaffrey as number one, and number two was whichever one of those two didn't get picked. So, the amount of draft capital that you put into him, he. It, that would have been extremely difficult to overcome unless you got really lucky on some later picks. Some yeah. guys panned out. And if your league doesn't have an IR spot, then you were making some very tough decisions pretty much each week because outside of week one and week 10, he didn't really do much to, to help you at all. 
Yeah. An IR spot. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Mike is not a fan of IR spots for those yeah. listening. Kind of Makes juggling anyway. your roster very important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question. Thank you, Arnold, for that question. Um, next one comes from Owen. Uh, Owen just wants to know, can we be more specific about the plans for the show during the off season? Uh, well, right now I think we're going to be spending probably a good chunk of episodes taking a recap of this fantasy football season, uh, breaking it down by position. You know, the, the guys like Jonathan Taylor, who you thought they were going to be great and they weren't this year. The guys who came in out of nowhere had great years. Is that something that can be repeated or was it a one-off year? And just basically t- going over the top top players at each position, breaking them down. We're going to be talking about the, the playoffs and uh, what we're seeing because anybody who has played fantasy football for more than a few years knows that what happens in the playoffs can have a huge impact on the next fantasy football season. So by no means, just because your fantasy season is over, should you check out and stop paying attention? Even if all you do is listen to a podcast or two, that will give you a huge leg up on your opponents. Uh, so we'll be talking about what's going on with the uh, fan- with the playoffs and potential fantasy football ramifications. Then we'll be moving in towards the uh, off-season moves, the NFL draft, all that fun stuff that uh, we'll analyze all the little pieces of news that make us hyped up about certain players and worried about others until we get in towards the uh, gearing up for the preseason. And then we'll pretty much from there, we'll be preparing uh, for the 2023 fantasy football season. Yep. This is our lives now. (laughs) Yep. This is it. So we'll probably sprinkle a, a mock draft or two in there, oh, definitely. especially especially as we get closer to the upcoming fantasy football season. And uh, I know Mike's extremely excited for all the offseason stuff, like he mentioned earlier. Uh, he, my he favorite, the, favorite part of sports, really. He loves the GM side of it, so he'll be f- paying full attention. The NFL draft is going to be going to have huge ramifications for the upcoming fantasy season. It always does. You know, uh, players who you leaned on this year might not be able to next year. So again, this is why you got to uh, you got to keep paying attention throughout the offseason because, like, let's let's look at Amon Ross St. Brown for example. If you checked out at the end of last season, you maybe saw that he started to explode in the uh, fantasy championship or fantasy playoffs. If you forgot all about that and you came into your draft this year, like, oh, why is why would I draft him? Like. He's on the Lions. You know, they're they're terrible. I'm going to go pick somebody else. Owen Ross St. Brown is a PPR god. You want him on your team if you're in a PPR format. So that gives you that, I guess, little extra insight for players to target, players to avoid as the uh, as the upcoming season and, and drafts approach. And uh, I know I, I want to talk about draft strategy, some do's and don'ts. So that will be a very important uh, episode to look forward to i guess before we get into uh next uh next year's season so i guess that's that's a bit of the outline of what we're looking to do and we're going to iron it down over the next few weeks and get an exact mm. timeline but uh looking at what's going on yeah. in the playoffs and a breakdown of, of this really. uh yeah and a pl- and a look back at each position and how they 
how they performed yeah over this season lots to talk about frankly like we're not we're not going to be starved for content don't worry don't worry about that yeah. you're going to get your weekly podcast lots to talk yeah about. we're not going anywhere <laughs> um next thank you owen for that question um next one comes from sam sam wants to know what are your super bowl picks who do you think is going to make it there but also who would you want to make it there for the best entertainment value uh you know I, I've stared this down quite a bit, and I keep coming to the same four teams in this in the uh, conference finals: uh, the Chiefs and the Bills, the Eagles and the 49ers. Both have good or great defenses and great offenses, so any of those matchups could go either way. My picks for the Super Bowl, though, I think are going to be the Chiefs and the Eagles, with the Eagles winning. And quite frankly, I want the Eagles to win. I don't know if it's just my love for Jalen Hurts for winning me two fantasy championships in a row, or at least getting me to them since Jalen Hurts technically didn't play for me in this year's. Um, maybe it's just I, you know, I, I get what it's like for everyone else in the NFL, like being a Patriots fan, you know, seeing them win so often. Uh, I don't really want to watch the Chiefs win again. So, you know maybe it's just a bit of that i don't know yeah. i definitely don't want to watch the bills win because screw that i'm a patriots fan um, um yeah like it's interesting because i think philadelphia would also be my entertainment pick because i think they have such a highly entertaining offense and such a strong defense that i feel like they would be great to have in a super bowl like for an entertaining game like chiefs chiefs eagles i think would be a very highly entertaining game Absolutely. I think that could be a very high scoring game. Lot, pro- probably a lot of turnovers, even though we're talking about two of probably the top three quarterbacks in the league, just because of how good the defenses can be. Um, they both you and I got... have the same Super Bowl picks. Philadelphia, oh, yeah? Kansas City with me, me picking Philadelphia to win as well. But our final four, there's one that's different. All right. What are your final four? This is a, so Philadelphia and San Francisco for sure. Okay, then yeah. badly, and then I've got the Chiefs and the Bengals. That that would have been if I had to alternate anyone. That probably would have been where I went. Yeah, like I'm again. I'm a Bills fan, and I want them to do really well. I just think the Bengals will beat Baltimore, and they'll play Buff, and Buffalo will beat Miami. And I just think with the Bengals' experience and with Joe Burrow going through this once before, and with the way like Chase is kind of made their offense work and been a bit of an extra. I, I I'm picking as a logical pick that the Bengals will beat the bills. Fair not enough. A fan, yeah. Not a fan choice, but a logic one. Fair enough. I'm uh, I don't know. I just think the bills have a better defense than the Bengals, And yeah. I don't, I don't know if the Bengals defense can do enough to slow down Josh Allen, but I think the bills defense could do enough to at least put a, a stutter in Joe Burrow's step. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I, I think that game would come down to like a last minute field goal or overtime. Um, I just, Which, I give the yeah. edge to the bills. Which is why I give the edge to the Bengals because of the experience factor. Like the thing about Josh Allen is I think he's such a talented quarterback, but he just hasn't gotten it done at that exact moment. And I know he said that they've had some crazy games and I know that they've had some overtime games and that can really just come down to whatever. But the best teams, championship teams, find a way to win. 
And I just feel like the Bengals have done that, and I haven't quite seen it out of Buffalo. So I feel the same way. I think that game, if they play, will come down to overtime and field goal. And I slightly trust Joe Burrow to march down the field and score more so than Josh Allen. It's slight, but it is there. Fair enough. Um, we got one last fan question. Uh, this this comes from Derek. Uh, Derek wants to know, who do you think you are? How could someone give the two of you a show? Who gave you both microphones and a platform to talk? You two are both ridiculous. What a great season. Looking forward to next year. And that's from Derek. That's uh, Derek, friend of the show. Yeah, friend uh, of the show, Derek. Friend of the in, show, Derek. In our fantasy uh, Derek is in our fantasy league. league. Um, <laughs> Mike drafted for Derek uh, because Derek could not uh, attend our draft this year. Um, Derek Did had I first more, can we be first more overall pick. That? Can we be uh, more accurate with that? No, no, Derek didn't. My brother did. Um, my brother had first overall. Derek had second. Oh, yeah, you're right. For yeah, whatever Derek reason. Derek was like two or three. I, I, I mentally put him as number one because he got Jonathan Taylor. You're yeah, because right. oh, yeah. it was Josh Allen went one, which yeah. was, I believe, my brother who picked that. And then yeah. I, someone picked Mahomes two. And then I'm pretty sure Derek was three because I picked Taylor. Um, to be more accurate, I've picked for Derek every uh, year he's been in our league. And he's been in our league more than one year. Like he's been yeah. in like th- at least so, three. <laughs> Derek, don't trust Mike to pick your team. Look what happened to you this well, year. Well, now hold on. <laughs> That's just my terrible luck. You know, if I picked anyone else, they would have had just as bad of a season. Like you just yeah, know that's, just, that's a me thing. Like I can't pick anything. I don't know what happens. Though, can I just say about my my skills here? I, I drafted last and we don't do a snake league. So you get different picks each time. But like I had, I didn't have great picks. And I was projected by the fantasy football app to have three wins and finish like 10th. And I, I only lost twice before the playoffs and made it to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you know, that's pretty dumb. Um, so just a point for everyone out there. Don't draft a quarterback with your first pick. And uh, See, Derek, I agree with you, but there's a lot of people who don't agree with us. But don't do it. It's it's not worth it. I promise you. And we'll talk about that for draft strategy. Yeah. So yeah. we'll talk about that in the off season. Um, and Derek, uh, <laughs> Derek, draft your team next year so that Mike, yeah. uh, your fate is in your own hands instead of Mike's, who shouldn't have a microphone. Yeah. Show up, Derek. That's my. <laughs> But thank you to everyone for sending in your fan questions. Uh, you can go to the website, conqueryourdraft.com, and you can fill out a form on the podcast page to submit questions. But we also take questions over social media, and that's how a lot of people communicate and send things. So you can just direct message us. We have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Rapid fire. Let's do it. Go through, go through who's going to win each game. All right. Uh, Seattle, San Francisco. Who do you have? 49ers. Yeah, I'm going to have the 49ers too, even though it's nine and a half spread. I think that's a little ridiculous, but 49ers. <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers, Jacksonville. Chargers. Yeah, Man. I got the chart. I'm me too. Like honestly, so far we're we're on the same page here. I think the Chargers. Uh, Dolphins, Bills. Uh, Bills, easy. Uh, 13 and a half point spread for the Bills. <laughs> I would honestly, I could expect them to cover that. I genuinely could with Skyler yeah. Thompson at the helm. Absolutely. 
Yeah, like that's ridiculous. So anyway, yes, I'm picking the Bills as well. Uh, Giants, Vikings. This one is actually the one I'm probably the most torn about. Yeah, me too. I'm... Oh, geez. You know what? I think I think I want to lean Giants. Oh my god, we we made the same picks. No way. Yeah, like I say it was like you have to have you have to have a a come from like a, a team that's not expected to win win. It happens every playoffs where there's some sort of upset. And this is the one where I think could happen. Like the Giants, I think, will beat the Vikings. Yeah, I think it's gonna be down to the kickoff or down to the field goal again. And yeah. maybe just it goes the Giants way this time. Yeah, but yeah. The Vikings are only. I don't trust Kirk Cousins so. in wild card. I yeah, don't trust. Neither him. do I. Neither do I. Uh, Ravens, Bengals, Bengals. Yeah, Bengals especially all the, way, all the way. Especially if Lamar Jackson isn't playing. I think yeah. if Lamar Jackson plays, it'll be a much closer game. But I still yeah, give the edge to the Bengals. Agreed. Um, and the final one: Cowboys versus the Buccaneers. Yeah, you know, yeah. I this this is the second one that I really don't know um, because I think it will all depend on which version of Dak Prescott shows up and if Tom Brady's weapons can pull it off because Tom Brady has been to the Super Bowl more times than most of these teams have made it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that amount of experience, he's he's the GOAT. It's so hard to bet against him. And the Cowboys have been on a bit of a slump lately. And I don't know if their offense doesn't show up. I don't think their defense is good enough to dig them out of it. So I think I'm going to go with Tom Brady here. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. This is the only one that you and I differ on. Uh, I'm picking the Cowboys to win. Fair enough. Like that is, I think it's like tossing a coin. I just, in my heart, I can't bet against Tom Brady after what we've seen year after year after year. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I can't disagree with you. He's got to. He's got to prove that the divorce is worth it. Okay, like yeah, this guy needs to at least make it to. That's why I make think it past wild card personally. But <laughs> like I think it's because <laughs> of the divorce. But yeah, anyway. fair enough. Yeah, he got divorced for a reason. So. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, that is it for this uh, week's episode. Uh, if you take anything away from it, don't have your championships in week eighteen. And uh, enjoy some playoff football. It seems like it's going to be a good weekend. Take care, everyone. Stay safe.